Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about crystals. What are crystals from the spiritual perspective? I mean, crystals are a form of life uh, on this planet and a lot of other low-dimensional, comparatively low-dimensional planets. Form of life, form of consciousness, however you want to look at it. Hmm. And uh, do they have consciousness? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, interesting. That is really the the, the definition of life is consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... um, even even in your biology textbook, you have like the mineral kingdom, which does imply that there is a level of life or consciousness in, in those organisms. So, but what does it mean? Like, how, how are they conscious? Is it the collective consciousness or each crystal? It's both. Have its own consciousness? Yeah. So each type of crystal has its own collective consciousness. So all of citrines, all of malachites are going to have a collective consciousness. Uh, at the same time, each individual crystal is going to uh, display its own range within the grander range of mm-hmm. that crystal species, right? So in the same way that humanity has human collective consciousness, but not every human is identical to the other human, right? The same thing for crystal kingdom. Just because a crystal belongs to the species of malachite doesn't mean that every single crystal of the malachite species is going to project forth the exact same frequency. However, however, uh, it would be a very similar range, frequency range, which basically determines the family of the crystal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got it. So does it mean that... Um like certain souls choose to incarnate as a crystal? Yes. Huh. Correct. Okay. And uh, do they have any um, mission? Like if, if we look at like maybe different layers, right? So uh, maybe some spiritual, very high level, high perspective mission and then planetary or galactic and then planetary mission. You mean for souls in particular? No, like maybe the way they serve. Like crystal families, you mean? Um, Oh, what is crystal families? (laughs) Okay. Um, I think the reason that you're confused, or maybe we're collectively confused, right, is because the mission of the soul that chooses to incarnate itself into a family of crystals, and by a family of crystals, it's the same thing as a crystal species, although there are families that are potentially broader like for instance a lapis lazuli and a malachite are going to be from neighboring um, species of crystals and so they technically belong to the same family of crystals Hmm. if that makes sense so as a soul if you choose to incarnate into the grand family of malachite what that would mean for you individually as a soul is that there is something about what you want from higher perspective your higher self wants 
that this family can offer to you as part of this experience, this physical experience in the family of Malachite, right? So Malachite um, is an interesting vibration, not to pick on it, but like if, if we're giving examples, right? Um, it is both a healing crystal as well as a crystal that um, has consciousness that can connect you to other planets and other planetary civilizations, right? So say that for one reason or another, that would serve your higher self, right? To come and render that service because um, crystals, they um, are on a service-driven mission mm -hmm. in general. Uh, crystals as a class, they are in service of other beings. Um, and it could be both planetary, like whole planetary systems, as well as individual planets, as well as beings that live on those planets. So crystals on this planet, for instance, serve the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, um, the, well, humanity, I guess, if, if, if you don't want to consider humans being uh, as like uh, human beings as a part of the animal kingdom, um, as well as the consciousness of Gaia altogether. So all of it, right? So they're here uh, on a larger service driven mission. So your higher self would choose to incarnate in the family of Malachite if the vibration of that collective Malachite consciousness would serve you for your own evolutionary and expansion goals, right? If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you asked. Uh, it answers my question partially because I was just maybe trying to understand like a bigger picture uh, if they have any purpose right in, in the universe like you know like they serve a specific mission yeah so collectively uh, as all crystals in correct. this universe so the overarching umbrella uh again of of the mission of crystals would be service like that that's literally the biggest common denominator we could find mm -hmm. the types of services are different depending on the crystal depending on the planet depending on the dimension oh some crystals serve as communication tools. Other crystals serve as alignment tools. Other crystals serve as protection tools. Yet other crystals serve as purification tools or healing tools. Collectively, all of these vibrations can be considered service to others. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, now it makes sense. Right. And because you already started talking about different purposes, is there maybe some kind of classification that would allow us to like better understand the way they serve um um absolutely i mean um classification of of, of crystals is, is quite a complex uh endeavor uh -huh. um it because you could keep dissecting um in, in in many different variants um obviously i can offer you one way that you could classify crystals although again like classification of anything is a matter of perspective oh, yeah. i would say that one of the ways that i would divide the, the crystal kingdom the mineral kingdom would be by the types of service right um the types of energy that the crystal carries within itself or crystal family right mm -hmm. and i've i've already named some of them right healing crystals for instance would be one of the on the bigger side um meaning on the most populous side as far as planet earth is concerned so in if you like take the entirety of the crystal population of planet earth the vast bulk the vast majority of them are going to be considered healing crystals uh, again healing crystals is a 
potentially, again, um, that in and of itself could be broken into many other segments, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but in general, healing crystals are here to heal um, the different bodies of organisms from physical to etheric to emotional to mental to spiritual to all of the above, right? So mm-hmm. one way you could classify crystals is by which body it serves, um, another type to classify healing crystals would be which chakra does it serve the most, which would be technically, um, if you, if you look at it from the energy etheric body perspective, mm-hmm. then you could say, okay, like this is a healing crystal and it vibrates at the level of solar plexus or like this vibrates at the crown chakra level. Mm-hmm. Um, another very popular type of crystal is a protection crystal. Um, protection, sometimes it's a dual purpose for some of these crystals as protection slash purifier type of crystals. So these are all of your, um, a lot of them tend to be black. So your obsidians, your black jades, uh, onyx, black onyx, um, a lot of meteorite type crystals, a lot of magnetic type uh, crystals. Um, They have massive protection purposes right so you would want to place them in your vicinity if you require protection now protection means a lot of different things right it could be spiritual protection um, against any type of attack if you will or just protection for your house right or any work you might be doing Um, or even if you go outside and you require particular protection from anything like a bad circumstance, right? Like these types of protective crystals could really, really help. Yeah. Another type that I mentioned is um, crystal amplifiers or amplifier crystals. Um, On your planet, they're generally represented by the quartz family. Mm. Uh, So a lot of them would be, uh, um, basically they amplify the energy that is in their vicinity. Uh, the the blessing and a curse actually of of the crystal quartz for instance right is that it's going to amplify your own energy if you hold on to it so if you're a negative person your energy is going to be amplified and and it'll not amplify your negative energy if you're a positive person it'll amplify your positive energy same thing like your crystal quartz can amplify the energy of any other object right so if you're working with tarot for instance it could amplify the energy of any card archetype um if you um, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, if you want to amplify the energy of money uh, in, in your life, you could put a crystal quartz uh, on a hundred dollar bill. And, and frankly, it'll amplify the energy of, of, of cash in your life, if that makes sense. Have a crystal grid around the $100 bill. <laughs> yeah, you totally could. Yeah. So these are amplifier crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, you have connector crystals. So connector crystals um, are actually, they're not so common on planet Earth yet. But they're extremely common on some other planets. Uh, I would say that this is almost like a disbalance. There are like comparatively, like percentage-wise, a lot fewer connector crystals on planet Earth compared to what I would normally see in a third-dimensional planet. Uh, An example of that would be amber, for instance. Amber is a tree in our connector crystals, and they connect you to the energy of um, of your sun your immediate sun. Although technically the, these are the same energies that could connect you as far as central sun. Um, so in this particular 
case, a connector energy, right? As you're holding on to that connector energy in the palms of your hand or just place it somewhere on your body, it would connect you to that which emanates at the same vibration or has a similar type soul vibration as this crystal. So you could almost think of like citrine being the byproduct of the sun and amber, amber being the byproduct of the sun energy. Um, because they're a byproduct of that emanation, they are almost like portals into that energy. And that's why I call them connector crystals. It's actually very easy for you to connect to the energy of the sun if you hold on to a piece of citrine or a piece of amber. Selenite uh, or moonstone and opalite are connector energies to the moon. Connector crystals for the moon energy. Mm -hmm. um, malachite is a connector crystal to the planet Nibiru, for instance. Hmm. Um, Amazonite... Uh, is a crystal portal to the energy of Pleiades, for instance. Like there, there is, um, you know, enough of them that could have also dual purpose. So a lot of connector crystals could also be used as healing crystals, mm -hmm. because technically any crystal could, you know, duplicate as a healing crystal. But um, not every healing crystal is a connector crystal. If that makes sense. Yeah. Only the the other, the, the vice versa applies. Uh huh. Um, connector or oh, communicator crystals. Um, certain crystals like Vogel, for instance, uh, which is like more of a cut of, um, crystal quartz, uh, doesn't act just like as a, an amplifier, but it, um, acts as a connector tool, um, with higher frequency consciousness. Um, and I'm not just, so I'm actually referring to types, two types of, um, higher frequency consciousness so essentially spirit right so all, all of the higher beings that are not currently incarnated anywhere as well as beings that are incarnated on other planets which for all intents and purposes you would refer to as aliens mm -hmm. uh, higher dimensional alien frequencies could also come in closer contact to you if you work with like particular cuts of crystals or vogel which in you know could be considered its own type of crystal uh there are other communication crystals. Again, there are not as many, unfortunately, on this planet as there are in some other planets. Like it's it's one of those that um, a lot of them have have been um, eradicated. So not uh, unfortunately, not a lot of them were preserved mm -hmm. um, on this planet. So I would say these are probably the most populous types. Of crystals yeah um i don't know if you had any further questions on this classification no i think it's a good start actually uh gives a very good overview and uh where do they get this energy from is it like something that is inside or they take it outside so just like um every um just like every species of anything else there is always the inception point to the family of crystals. Uh, generally, there is one founding soul of the founder, uh, foundress, they could be both genders, doesn't really matter, um, of a family of crystal in the same way that, um, you know, in your ancestry line, there is the founding couple. So it's, it's similar. So um, in other words, say that there exists a planet, right, that wants to birth a particular kind of crystal. 
and say that planet uh, creates like a particular molecular structure within its body so that that crystal can be produced, right? So now you have the physicality, the physical body of the crystal. However, that physical body of the crystal is not yet, does not yet have a soul. Because while that planet that decided to birth that crystal in its depth is certainly the mothering energy, right? And that it, it serves as, um, like, or should I say the parent energy because there are masculine planets also, uh, one of the parents, right? It would look for another founding spirit energy to create the new family and establish the new familial lineage of a crystal the new uh, yeah like there's no other way of saying the, the the new um type of crystal the new species so those two energies come together like the very physical planetary energy and the spirit energy of a soul that wants to birth a new type of crystal they collectively form this entity that is eventually going to have a name right and is going to start establishing the collective consciousness of that crystal hmm. now as so like that is how the initial frequency, the initial sound of this crystal family is established. Uh, as time goes by, although the, <laughs> there is no time, but for storytelling purposes, let's just stay with the statement. Um, other souls choose to incarnate within that same family of crystals because they like the original vision of the founders. Let's say that the founders were really excited about uh, healing a particular type of relationship between mother and son. And th that's what they got excited about. That was their mission. That was their purpose. That's why they established that crystal, right? Now that crystal has the spirit frequency sponsored by the founding spirit, and it has its molecular structure and everything that determines its, its physicality, right? The color, the, um, you know, is it, like a very fragile crystal is a very sturdy, like all of the physical properties of that crystal, right? So all of that collectively is an emanation. And it, it also has a mission, that new for, newly formed crystal fa like family has an emanation and what it stands for in the universe. Now, other souls are going to start being attracted to the mission of the crystal. So the, there would be like, oh, actually, I really like this idea of healing the mother-son relationship. Um, and that mission really resonates with me because let's say I'm as a soul had 5,000 incarnations and I was like a bad mother, just as an example, right? Then I would resonate with that mission and in healing that relationship for others, I would want to heal that in myself. So as a soul, I would want to incarnate into the mission of that crystal family. At the same time, what would happen is I would infuse my own spirit energy with the spirit energy of the founding, um, founding spirit of that crystal. And that is all of a sudden how we start having a collective energy, hmm. right? Because yeah. you had something in, in the cup. I added my own stream to the cup. All of a sudden, it's a joint stream of you plus me, hmm. right? And that is, that is what it means to start having a collective. So all of a sudden, this family has a collective vibration, but the two other souls also have their individual unique vibration but are they united by the same mission of helping heal mother mother son relationship absolutely so the initial mission uh, is determined by the founder, founder. correct right oh, correct okay. that makes sense okay that's awesome uh, and uh, is there a reason or like 
how would you describe a reason why some crystals come to this planet because some of the some of them arrived from other planets and some of them were maybe on the planet already yeah so some some crystals have been birthed and existed in in the crust of planet earth since the beginning yeah right um a lot of them travel with the spirit of gaia in, in into all of her projects other crystals get called into gaia um and technically speaking for that to happen like how would how can it be manifested in the universe that a particular crystal crystal from a very say remote star system ends up in um on planet gaia mm-hmm. it can actually happen three ways way number one is gaia sends out a call um out into the universe for assistance and that assistance is generally of a particular with a particular problem issue frequency uh distortion right uh planets communicate with one another telepathically uh your strongest communication would all as a planet would always be within your immediate solar system um then with your neighboring systems then with your galaxy then with your neighboring galaxies if that makes sense it's kind of the same thing as like being neighbors like in if, if you have a decent relationship with neighbors you'd ask your neighbors for help first Right. So one way that uh, this happens is like Gaia herself or any planet for that matter, because it works the same exact way, whichever planet we, we could talk about, would in essence manifest that crystal being brought into her womb through sending out a call for help. Second way that crystals get to planet, um, to any planet, is by the virtue of another species intentionally bringing them to that planet example planet earth is being curated by high vibrational beings as a planet it's supposed to be a kindergarten planet uh from the perspective of 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 higher consciousness uh incarnated consciousness i mean not just uh, uh you know spirit consciousness as part of this evolution crystals have been brought to planet earth as tools for healing and raising of the vibrations of the planet example uh, rose quartz uh, is a crystal that traveled extraterrestrially it was not a call from gaia um, crystal quartz actually symbolizes the higher heart thymus thymus as a gland um, it has been brought forth by extraterrestrials um, that wanted to help planet earth evolve and raise vibrations Mm-hmm. Third way that crystals get on planet Earth is through crystals, collective consciousness of that crystal having an intention to either help or experience planet Earth. Mm. And then manifesting that for themselves in whichever way they can. And there are many ways that that could happen. Interesting. So uh, let's say uh, a crystal arrived to this planet. Yep. And uh, how does it? change or help this planet or how does it serve its purpose like is it on a collective level planetary or it's start starts working when people kind of discover it and start using it yeah um, it actually depends um it depends on um the size of the crystal actually uh and also the the crystal family because not every crystal family is created equal so they all work in different ways. There are certain crystals, like Moldavite, for instance. 
Moldavite is a very dense energy crystal. So even a very small amount of that crystal goes a long way. Unlike crystal quartz, you need a lot of that crystal quartz to actually, like you need bigger amounts of it for it to matter. So parts, so it's almost like you can think of it uh, as like density within the crystal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, or momentum that each crystal carries, right? So when you say, how does a crystal work? It like, it actually depends on the physical properties of the crystal also. Uh, and you can think of it as a crystal aura. Some crystal auras are really small and other crystal auras are really, really big, just like humans. There are some humans that incarnate on this planet and their aura covers the entire planet Earth. There are some people that incarnate on this planet and their aura barely, barely is bigger than their physical body. Mm. Right? So in the same way that humans are not created equal, crystals are not created equal because they're powered by different souls and those souls are not of the same level or grade. So that's one. Two, so the, the actual sheer size of crystal matters. Have there been crystals that have been planted on planet Earth that shifted the dynamics of planet Earth instantaneously? Yes, absolutely. A lot of them need to be embedded into the very center core of the planet. It has happened. Those crystals have been placed in the absolute core of the planet, right? Not the surface. Mm -hmm. And they have because the, the 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 planetary core is a convergence of all the planetary ley lines ley lines is basically like the blood system of the planet right in the same way that you have a circulatory system ley lines are circuit is like are those like blood vessels for the lack of a better word energy vessels um of the planet the convergence of ley lines um exist in the area that I would refer to as the heart of Gaia. The heart of Gaia is the core of Gaia, which is like in, 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 the, in the, like the nucleus of Gaia, right? In the very center. Any crystal that you place in the very center creates an automatic momentary instant shift in the consciousness and energy of the planet. So if you're able to implant, so to say, the crystal of a particular size, and a particular vibration in the heart of Gaia could get an instant transformation. But not all crystals arrive that way. In fact, hardly ever do crystals arrive that way because implanting something in the heart of Gaia is not so simple. <laughs> you have to have a lot of permissions and a lot of keys uh, and, and be able to really... It's, it's kind of like... Um, it, it's kind of like you have to have access codes. And unless you have access codes, there is no freaking way you're installing anything in the heart of Gaia. <laughs> like, there's just no way. Because Gaia needs to be on board. Uh, planet, <laughs> you know, Milky Way galaxy needs to be on board. It's like, uh, there, you just have to have so many permissions. Like, it's like pretty, pretty ridiculous, um, like, level of security that you're going to have to bypass. So uh, it's not accidental. Not every crystal arrives that way. There are some crystals that literally arrive like one little piece right? Uh -huh. um, so there also sometimes there is like gradual transformation. Sometimes when, when uh, a particular, uh, let's say extraterrestrial race or like higher consciousness race arrives on the planet, they and, and, and like they intend to, to bring a crystal consciousness, new crystal consciousness to this planet, they would need to find a way to grow the crystals here on planet Earth. So they establish like a plantation, if you will, within the crust of the Earth mm -hmm. uh, of this crystal. Um, then when that crystal gets multipl uh, multiplied uh, and grows, um, 
then, you know, it becomes part of the ecosystem. Very often Gaia is going to choose to grow it without the help and assistance from that extraterrestrial race. Sometimes Gaia rejects it. Sometimes Gaia, Gaia accept it, accepts it, right? So that's why some crystals become like really, really rare. For instance, um, Larimar is the crystal that um, is not, like Gaia hasn't really accepted that into her own womb yet. So that is going to be an exceptionally, exceedingly rare crystal as you go um you know, downstream from here, it's going to become incredibly rare. Mm -hmm. But Labradorite, for instance, is something that Gaia embraced all the way. So you're going to see a lot more Labradorite in the future because she's growing it herself. Like she really loves this energy. She's vibing with it. So from there, once you have a plantation of the crystal, generally an extraterrestrial race is going to promote uh, the adoption of that crystal. So like sponsor it almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like really communicate to first some early adopters, you know, uh, uh, make sure that the crystal is known for something, communicate its healing properties. And then for these types of like, it's a little bit of a longer term game, uh, but it tends to be, you know, one of the only ways to really shift the energy of the planet. And then you have to go one by one by one, trying to get a critical mass of people interacting with the crystal. Hmm. which is exactly what's happening with rose quartz, for instance, right now, right? Yeah. It's, it's becoming like a pretty broad adoption, right? And again, like one of the current uh, issues on the to-do list <laughs> on this planet is activates people's hearts, people's hearts. And so working with the energy of the higher heart is, is one, mean of, one means of getting there, one tool that is being used by... Um, you know, more evolved consciousness, you know, as far as achieving that. And there's been done a lot of work, tremendous work from invisible forces to really popularize uh, rose quartz on this planet. Huh. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um... but uh, in, just to finish my thought, and that is the one way, obviously, how they can shift the dimensions of the planet, right? Is making something popular uh, and, and making sure that as many people as possible buy it. And then the energy flips by just the rule of the majority. Does that make sense? That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the sponsoring energy. I think in one of the episodes, you mentioned that uh, dragons curate crystals. Um, am I right? Well, I'm, I mean, one way to look at it is dragons curate crystals, but like, let's, let's just say that they're part of the same universal force. Um, let's just say that dragons and crystals have a symbiotic relationship. Hmm. Uh, dragons have a symbiotic relationship with metals as well. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. That one accentuates the other. So if a crystal and a dragon are on the same mission if joined together their forces are not one plus one equals two but one plus one equals one million uh if you talk about the their mission right the planetary for example yes there is a specific dragon yes. and a specific crystal they work together in order to get to desired outcome faster correct oh okay that makes sense so they're part of the same camp they're part of the same arsenal kind of mm. if that makes sense mm. there it. are different life forms yeah <laughs> but very often they they have symbiotic relationships okay so um it sounds like crystals are very powerful right that yeah sounds like magic right so they <laughs> possess all this cool qualities <laughs> oh, 
how you reduce everything to magic. Sure, magic. Yeah, I mean. What is magic anyhow? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good question. Maybe we need an episode about magic. (laughs) Maybe we do. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but uh, they heal, they protect, they connect. Uh, But majority of the population cannot experience those effects, at least consciously. Uh, So how do they actually work? Like, is it something that's so gentle that it kind of takes a lot of time to manifest? Or like, yeah, how does they, how do they work? Okay, so I strongly disagree with the fact that the majority of the population can benefit from it. No, no, no. Consciously can experience and sense. Why and yes. can't they though well i I guess i i refer to the fact that energy is invisible yeah yeah yeah. and you you have a crystal you take it and you don't get the instant healing well let's just start with the fact that humanity is completely inept as far as like working with the crystals Mm -hmm. and there is not as much as there is like a lot of information about it right like there is not even uh, if, if you ask me there is not even a convincing classification of crystals in established on this planet mm-hmm so it's just like spiritual meaning and then it's everything in the kitchen sink in there and half of, of that stuff is wrong anyhow. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of connector crystals, for instance, are completely not even being recognized as connector crystals. So it's under it's underutilized power. And if you were trying to use a frying pan as a hat, I bet <laughs> you you wouldn't like you wouldn't think it's terribly comfortable. So I, I just I could could you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of a similar type shape right but not not really uh you, you'd have to like really struggle so like there's a lot of misuse of the energy of the crystal on this planet also crystals are not going to help you unless you face them because as far as your energy is concerned you are the basically they are in service but because this is a planet of free will they're not going to force you into a relationship you're going to have to reach out your hand and be like, well, I want to be in a relationship with you, right? So let's start there, right? So the crystals are not going to manifest themselves in your life unless you're actively looking for help or like are paying attention to the help that is available to you, which tends to happen with, you know, higher levels of consciousness with people that are starting to understand how this world works and start to being a little bit plugged out of the, you know, 3D media landscape. Mm-hmm. and start paying attention to what's what yeah now i would say there are some crystals that work immediately and there are other crystals that tend to work over time and their energy really accumulates for example uh our very famous friend rose quartz does not act immediately it's an energy that gets amplified and you really need to to a be patient with this crystal B, really know how to amplify its energy and integrate its energy for you to start opening your heart up. And there are a lot of amplifier energies for this crystal, right? So very often, if you want to make the best out of your rose quartz, you need to have a clean crystal quartz right next to it and a rose, the flower rose, really to accentuate the power of the crystal. How many people do I see doing that? Not too many. Again, misuse the energy of the crystal. At the same time, your onyx, your obsidian, your black jade are going to act instantaneously for you. 
they're going to instantaneously, especially if you form a grid, a perimeter. So if you're looking to protect your house, you can just put like one crystal next to your, I don't know, working desk and pretend that it's going to work. Because that's not how the magic of this of this protector crystals work. They work in the grid format. You need a grid. In order for you to create a grid with these crystals, you need to have it in each corner of your room at the very bare minimum. Hmm. Bare minimum. So if you have one and then you're like, well, I don't think it's working, it's because it isn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. But Mm -hmm. as soon as you form the grid with these bad boys or good boys, it's instant. Now, Unfortunately, right, if you don't have your third eye open, there is very little I can do to teach you or help you see the invisible, right? Right. So if your problem is with the fact that most people cannot see the invisible, my answer to you is let's raise the vibrations of this planet so they can start opening their third eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. And uh, so some uh, crystals work instantaneously, right? And others protect. They, they let's just say they all work they start working right away it's just right like away. in order for them to come into the full force certain crystals require time to saturate either a, a place or a human with their energy right it's kind of like i'm trying to understand like what's like what would be like a good analogy you know like for instance um if you use herbal medicine yeah it's not the same as taking an Advil because like when you take like a a hardcore painkiller, like it would, it would fix you right away. But like with herbal medicine, for instance, if you like fixing a chronic pain, you're not going to just be able to like have one brew of like, I don't know, chamomile or something (laughs) be healed because what that herbal medicine requires is it requires continuous improve like continuous use because its energy is accumulated in your body over time it is like that accumulation principle it cannot just work right away Uh right so the energy of some crystals it's a little bit milder and because it is milder it accumulates over time Mm -hmm. connector crystals for instance work right away like if you're working with citrine or opalite right you can connect to whatever is the consciousness of planet it's connecting to you to or is built meant to connect to. You connect to that right away. You don't need to like sit and meditate in front of a citrine for seven days for you to connect to the energy of the sun. Hmm. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. But healing crystals very often would take time. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. As opposed to amplifier crystals don't, connector crystals don't, protector crystals don't, purification crystals don't don't necessarily, depending on the crystal. But uh, you know, your healing crystals, healing takes time. Hmm. Okay. And uh, you also mentioned that you have to be ready and open, and actually, uh, you have to first reach out. Uh, right. How not do only pe- do you have to first reach out, but you have to. The energy of the crystals, like I said, is very mild. And the one energy that it cannot penetrate, and that's actually a really, really big problem with this planet, is the energy of skepticism. So unless you have faith that crystals can help you, they're not going to be able to. 
Oh, even though maybe you have it in your possession, but you still kind of have doubts. Yeah. So if you really, really doubt that something can like help you heal you or whatnot, you would diminish the energy of that crystal so much that it would, in essence, be ineffective for you. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. So it's a wow. So it just cancels (laughs) the healing energy. Unfortunately, yes. Yes, because you like, well, think about it, right? Like, look at how much of you there is. Like, look at your height and the amount of energy that you brought with you is kind of comparative to your height, right? Like, most crystals you would interact with would fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah. So, yeah, you overpower that little little guy. Mm. Big time. And uh, you also mentioned that the size matters. Yes. The bigger, the stronger. Yes. It's always the case. Always the case. Like if you have a huge Moldavite, you kind of can be knocked out by its energy. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, and that's why very often I I don't know how often you guys go to crystal shows, but the ones that you, you go to crystal shows that are sensitive to energy, you probably walk up with a big big headache. Now because it's overwhelming. Well, it's and not only is it overwhelming, but it's um a bunch of like they they influence you. Right. Not only do you influence them, but crystals influence you. And in a room of a lot of crystals even if it was a quiet room right granted trade shows tend to be loud adventures Mm -hmm. but even if you were to walk there in the middle of the night with you being the only person you would still probably walk out with a headache because it's like um varying frequencies bombarding your headspace and a lot of them are conflicting and Mm -hmm. so and, and a lot of crystals at trade shows are also large crystals large enough to start impacting you so yes the bigger the crystal the bigger the impact got it and uh what about some uh... and hold on there is a little confusion i I will explain Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't mean that again um a a bigger moldavite is going to have a larger impact on you compared to a smaller moldavite however it doesn't mean that like what would be a good example it doesn't mean that a smaller um, amethyst has less power than a larger rose quartz, if that makes sense. Because some crystals are essentially a lot more powerful than other crystals. Hmm. And so you also have to factor in how much power does that one crystal have. And I already gave you an example, like Moldavite tends to be on like a, a pretty powerful front. Yeah. Amethyst is a pretty powerful crystal. Lapis lazuli and malachite, both very powerful crystals. But, for instance, if you go on the other spectrum, like crystal quartz is not. Hmm. For instance, rose yeah. quartz is not. Any quartzes in general, it's almost like they're not as opinionated. They're just like too open. Like, oh, I'm open-minded. And then there are some crystals that are like, boom, I've arrived. So by knowing this information, like you would have to have a bigger quartz crystal if you want because you know that it's more like gentle weaker energy right potentially yes and and then you need maybe a small piece of amethyst because it's dense energy yes right Mm -hmm. but again you kind of have to know this in order yes to make a decision whether to buy a small or a big piece correct and it also depends on like what your purpose and what you use us for that right yeah yeah 
Hmm. You know, like if you, if you just want something that's pretty and you're not, not really going to work with it intentionally, then the size probably doesn't matter, right? Does it mean that the healing crystal still over time is going to open up certain things within you, whether you, you kind of realize it or not, as long as you're not resisting and actively skeptical, it will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and uh, that's very interesting because, for example... I've read that during the Atlantis time, uh, people use crystals a lot, and basically the entire Atlantis was uh, based on the crystal energy. Does it mean that they had the technology or they had a better connection with crystals? That's why they could benefit from this energy? They had both. Um, They had both, and they also had um, access to uh, like inner earth crystals as well. Uh-huh. Uh, which means that those crystals were more plugged into the fabric and the ley lines of the planet, which means that they had actually access to like the levers that could change planetary energies. And, and that is precisely what they were trying to manipulate. Uh-huh. Got so it. they went straight into with the energy of the crystal. They, they went straight into the circulatory system of the planet. That's why the continents sank. Is because mm. that was like beyond just like um, chanting and singing and meditations with crystals. <laughs> yeah. Right. They like, they went deep. Uh, so when you're asking like, did they did they have technology or just understood crystals? Like the answer is it was both. Mm-hmm. There are also some very large crystals available to the Atlantean uh, civilization from other extraterrestrial races that a portion of them have been destroyed and another portion has been whisked away by extraterrestrial civilizations for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So those crystals are no longer present. And they th- those were massive crystals. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking so big that like planet Gaia doesn't have it in her womb right now. So it's not replicatable. Oh, got it. Okay. And uh, what what about this uh, quality of crystals to store information? Yeah. Uh, Is it something that all crystals possess or specific crystals? And again, is it possible to tap into this um, energy, knowledge, database? So all crystals uh, could be used as vessels for containing information. Uh, some crystals are better for that than others. It is also uh, one way that higher frequency cosmic civilizations uh, leave notes for one another. So it um, this is common as in the same way like you guys have paper and papyrus and you know other means of like writing down information. Mm-hmm. Crystals are a means of writing down information in um, sixth dimensional, sixth to eighth dimensional worlds. Uh, so, you know. Information has been recorded on crystals. Again, not every crystal is holding on to a particular kind of information very well. Some some uh, only ho- can hold on to some, not others. And very often it's um, encoded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can be encoded by a particular consciousness, right? That's trying to either conceal certain things or impart certain things. It depends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can anybody read it? The answer is some people can not just people some beings can Mm -hmm. um other information a lot of information is encoded and then it would require access codes but it's not dissimilar to decoding the akashic records it's a very similar process 
Oh. Actually. It's just like if there was a physical version of the Akashic Records field, it would be the crystal. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So now, of course, it's not as foolproof. It's not as bulletproof because a crystal can be destroyed. Yeah. And so very often, if a crystal is used to store a particular kind of information, um, the etheric version of the crystal is created. Mm hmm. And that one is generally placed in the Akashic field for protection. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Or multiple copies of the crystal. And then, you know, they tend to be, which is exactly what actually happened uh, when Atlantis sank. Uh -huh. um, the same information was written on multiple crystals and, and shipped out to uh, the different parts of the planet. And the interesting part about information encoded in the crystal, right? You can encode it in many different ways. You can encode it so that the information sips out of the crystal over time and encodes itself. Uh, which to is the person who possesses it. Right? No, not necessarily. You can you can limit that or you can keep that open. Ah. So certain crystals that um, were passed on from Atlantis were planted in the depth of planet Earth in different... There were seven main ones that were planted all over the planet. And the lock that was created so obviously those contained the information about you know certain technological advances and certain shall we say wisdom of the universe that was encoded there mm -hmm. by by the light priests of atlantis um so those were well-intentioned tools and the lock that is on it on those crystals is actually a vibrational lock Mm -hmm. So the way these things are going to work and become activated is as soon as um, the Schumann resonance on the planet, right? The vibrations of the planet reach a particular level. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be activated. Oh, oh. And the codes are going to start almost like, um, like a song, mm -hmm. like being emanated. And those are going to be the codes that are going to encode themselves uh, although unbeknownst to humans. And human, at first, the human beings in the immediate vicinity of these crystals are going to become, quote-unquote, infected, although infected is a bad word here, but like um, impacted mm -hmm. by, by those frequencies, by that energy. Yeah. And then, you know, that would kind of like sip out and into more and more people, into like larger and larger territories. But like this would be an example of like a crystal that gets activated by a particular frequency of the planet. Right. But that is the only trigger event that it needs. And then as soon as that activation happens, it could emanate that frequency into any any free ears, so to say. Mm -hmm. There are other crystals that can be only opened and activated by what you would call the planetary priesthood. Priesthood as a concept is not necessarily. Um, I don't want to confuse you guys. There are certain souls that incarnate on planet Earth that without even being anointed into the priesthood class serve as the priests. And they're the holders of knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Um, certain things that has been encoded by other priests in the past could be available to those types of souls, Mm -hmm. just by the virtue of them belonging to the same class. So that is what you could refer to as the cult hidden knowledge. Mm. It doesn't mean that these priests are good or bad or anything in between. They just are a certain level. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. That that's awesome. Definitely have more questions about crystals, but uh for I guess our listeners, I think a lot of them already have some crystals, right? Maybe two, maybe five, maybe hundred. Uh, and given that there is a lot of misinformation and confusion, uh, what would be the best way to actually start working with crystals? Uh, what would be maybe first, the first step? Yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to suggest that the first step is you go to a crystal store. And I know you just said that a lot of people have crystals. Uh-huh. One thing that a lot of you have crystals that you're not even meant to have. Hmm. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not judging. If you want to have them, have them. Have more of them, not less of them. Uh, I don't see a lot of people, though, approaching the crystal buying as a conscious process of healing and stepping into your power. Very often, you will either randomly end up with a crystal, which is fine. I guess that's part synchronicity. You would be gifted a crystal or you would just go for the most popular one. Like a lot of, because like now crystals are like hip or whatever, trendy. So you like, you'll go to your yoga studio and you're like, oh, I kind of like this rose crystal quartz. So like a lot of you ended up with like either a crystal quartz or rose quartz or like maybe like at most like an onyx. Um, And that's fine. Uh, But then it's also just like for many of you, it's just sitting kind of like, somewhere collecting dust but like you don't really do much with it if you really truly want to untap the power of crystals allow yourself to be open but also allow yourself to attract the right kind of helpers into your life in the first place if you're intentional about working with crystal crystals and using them for your healing energy it is important to do that with a, with a certain cadence like it's not a one and done situation um, your energy would tend to shift fairly significantly every three months. So every three months, if you're really serious about it, I would encourage you to go to the crystal shop and you, you go kind of like crystal hunting. Um, so what you want to do is you want to be incredibly open-minded to what crystal is going to come into your life that day or maybe crystals, right? What's going to end up happening is the moment you walk into that door, the crystals are going to scan all of your bodies because that is what they're here to do. This is part of their service on this planet is as much as you're scanning them by looking at them, they're scanning you. And in the moment of them scanning you, they know exactly what's wrong with you. Health-wise, energy-wise, emotion-wise, all of the above. Like they have already diagnosed you, right? Because they're kind of like doctors, healers, tools. So they want to help you. From then on, you want to be exceptionally open-minded. And, you know, like literally just feel into kind of like which crystals are calling your name. Because the ones that are meant to heal you are going to show themselves to you. That's why it's like very... um, important to just walk around and feel into which ones kind of like really attract your attention and you know that day and pay attention you know and your energy is also going to shift you know one day you might walk around and be attracted to a particular kinds of kind of crystal because you need that particular kind of healing and then three months later you might not even look in those crystals direction because you've already received that healing from them right so be open-minded and instead of 
first reading about the crystal and being like, well, I want more love. What are the crystals for love? Okay, well, I guess you could do that, but like that's just not the most optimized way, right? That's one way of imposing your will on the universe, of <laughs> like trying to search by benefit. A much better way would be to go browse and see which crystals select you, buying them, and then reading about them. Because then that's going to be like a diagnostic tool. And what you would notice is very often, even if you select more than one, two, three, four, or five crystals, their benefits would tend to be very aligned. Because that is what the human family of crystals, sorry, the, the, the collective family of crystals have, has diagnosed that you need an issue with. It could be like you select five or ten different crystals and all of them deal with communication. Or all of them deal with like opening a heart space all of them deal with like spirit communication like you'd be surprised how consistent that is so as as long as you go through that experience of of like selecting the crystals based on or allowing the crystals to be attracted by you um and and, and synch synchronistically being in your vibration as long as you just bring these crystals home, and even if you put them under your pillow or next to your bedside, their magic is already going to start working with you. Mm. Right? But the crystals need to select you first. Because when the crystal selects you, truly jumps out at you, it is also a commitment from the part of the crystal that it's going to work with you. Mm. Right? So it's not that I come into the store with an intention uh, to find a manifestation crystal. Or protection crystal i just open it or come to this to the store with an open correct heart correct just whatever comes yes it's kind of like you know when you when you're doing your annual checkup with your doctor mm -hmm. i mean you're open to whatever feedback the doctor has for you i, I would hope yeah. right you don't come to them and saying like well can you please check on my knee and don't check anything else because I think what I need to heal is my knee. I guess you could tell that. That's Sometimes one way of you have doing symptoms it. symptoms already. Right, exactly. But what about the annual checkup, right? Yeah. And the thing is, crystals can heal those things that haven't really fully manifested and you are unaware that you even need help in that department very often. Mm. And that is when they can be the most helpable. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So in general, right, like... um putting the crystal under your pillow is like a very, very good way to connect with that crystal and allow for healing crystals specifically, hmm. right? Because literally it is in your vicinity or like putting it under your mattress. That yeah. could also work. Like if you don't like the pillow, I don't know. Um, then the usage really, I mean, honestly depends on like how, how can people work with crystals? It, it depends on the crystal, right? Like for protector crystals, you definitely want to do grids. Mm -hmm. um for you could also like be intentional about amplifying a certain energy i'm not saying that that's not what you should be doing but it's not the biggest the lowest hanging fruit for humanity like there is nothing wrong with saying hey i want more confidence looking up a crystal that can give you more confidence and like surrounding yourself with that crystal there's nothing essentially wrong with it but this is how i see crystals being used today more often than like the other way I described. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it would be helpful for you to connect with other planets uh, or extraterrestrial consciousness, 
But in order to do that, you basically would want to place that crystal between the two palms of your hands. You really want to connect, you know, with the right side of your body first and the left side of your body. And then imagine that planet or consciousness that you're trying to connect to and almost like draw a triangle is what you want to do. Uh, the triangle would start, um, say, say we're talking about you connecting to the energy of the sun. Let me bring it like home and very easy for you. Why would you want to do that? Say you're lacking confidence. Good example. Mm-hmm. So citrine is, is, your, is your boy. Um, you want to buy a citrine, warm him up like in between, like you, because the energy of the sun is also really warm. Um, and the energy of citrine gets activated when you rub your hands together and then rub the crystal also. Because that is warming warming it up, and, and that is what's going to um, activate the crystal. Different crystals get activated differently, which is why it's so, so, so hard to do a general episode on crystals. Oh, yeah. That's why I have to give you, like, specific examples in this case. Yeah. So say you want to connect with the energy of the sun for more confidence or better, uh, better higher self-esteem, right? So you'd hold that citrine in your hand, really, like, rub your hands, warm it up. Then you would imagine the energy of the triangle. The triangle starts, one point of the triangle is smack in your third eye. The second point of the triangle is the sun. The third point of the triangle is citrine that's in your hands. Then you want to connect these three points with a golden thread. Again, the energy of the sun, the energy of citrine. Mm -hmm. And then you want to circulate the energy in the triangle, you know from bottom to up so like from uh, starting with a crystal going up to your third eye moving to the sun mm-hmm. then coming back right and and then you know from there your con- that your connection is established when your connection is established you can ask for any type of assistance from the planet but your crystal is um your way of getting through and amplifying that particular connection now Citrine is not going to be able to connect you to any other planet. This crystal specifically exists on this planet to connect you to sun energies. That's it. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, And uh, there are other ways you can use crystals, right? Like crystal elixirs, crystal meditations. Yes. Like meditations with crystals and I don't know, maybe some other things that I don't even know about, right? um but it's just much more information right i mean it's not that much more right like you can infuse anything with crystal energy you can charge anything with crystal energy water food um any project you're working on um i don't know say that you really want um what would be like a good example luck luck yeah Hmm. good luck (laughs) (laughs) you see good luck there is no one crystal for good luck you would need to get more narrow than that you would need to be like what are you trying to get lucky in Mm. right that would be a different different story Mm. because like uh, luck is a means to an end yeah (laughs) (laughs) the same way that money is a means to an end hopefully not the end so when you're trying to manifest something unless you're trying to manifest money i recommend focusing what you're trying to manifest Mm -hmm. like if it's a house don't imagine a million dollars is going to buy you a house imagine a house you can get there faster yeah and only think of a million dollars if you legit just want a million dollars in your bank account and you want for it to sit there 
for like years mm -hmm. and collect interest. <laughs> then you should focus on the million dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all this uh, amazing information with us today. I think it's a good start and uh, we're definitely going to explore more crystals and how to work with them. Uh, and uh, now I'm going to end this session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.